LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Welcome, everybody, to Ask Me Anything, where Pastor J.D. Greer gives quick answers to some of your toughest theological, ethical, and leadership questions. We're going to just attempt to help you grow in your understanding of, of some of the topics we talk about and point you to helpful resources to continue learning. We are starting off season two with a bang. We got some awesome topics right out of the gate. We're talking about, is marijuana ever okay for Christians to use? Is masturbation a sin? And why doesn't the Bible condemn slavery? So how could you miss this? You need to join us for these first three episodes and we are gonna get started right now. Hey, before we jump into our question for this week, I I wanted to to, to make sure you were aware of something I think could be helpful to you. You know, every church, unfortunately, in this day and age, really needs to be equipped to respond well in those initial stages of learning about sexual, physical, or emotional abuse. Look at the stats of, of how often it happens in our society, and sadly, in our churches. It happens probably more than we want to acknowledge, and we need to make sure that we're ready to take care of our people and respond in the right way. That's why the Southern Baptist Convention, Lifeway, and the ERLC partnered together to create a resource called Becoming a Church That Cares Well for the Abused. This training curriculum of a handbook and 13 videos, it brings together top experts from various fields that would encounter this kind of of, of tragedy, volunteers, leaders that understand and show you how to implement the best practices for handling the variety of, of abuse scenarios that could occur at a church, a school, or a ministry. It'll show you not only how to be engaged in in the prevention, but also in the reporting and in the care for those who have gone through the tragedy of abuse. You can access this free training at churchcares.com. Once again, that is churchcares.com. And now I hope you enjoy. Ask me anything. Welcome to Ask Me Anything, and today I think is a really, really interesting question. So the question, JD, is, is masturbation a sin? All right? And I think just before we even dive in, one, obviously this question can be a little awkward or sensitive to talk about, but I think one of the biggest things that I'm kind of curious to know is, is this something that is talked about in the Bible? Like, is this something that that the Bible really speaks to? Yeah, you know, I, this may be a question that people just feel uncomfortable even kind of thinking about. But, yeah. I mean, it is a question that, as a pastor, I know that people ask, and sometimes they don't know who to ask or how to ask. L- let me just start with something a, a friend of mine, pastor friend of mine in Texas named Todd Wagner. I mean, he, he offered some really helpful clarification on this. He says, first of all, you got to understand it's not the unforgivable sin. And uh, even though we might know that, there's a lot of people that, in the midst of just struggling with these things, feel like it is. Yeah, especially because it's got a lot of shame involved and that kind of stuff. Right, so. you know, but it, it, it is something that God knows. Um, he knows our hearts. He knows our weaknesses. It's, it's not the unforgivable sin. Um, it's not an unavoidable sin either. Mm-hmm. And that's ought to give somebody hope. First Corinthians ten thirteen says that no temptation at all ever has ever overtaken us except that what's common to you know to all men and God is with a temptation made a way of escape the, the kind of the third misconception he, he points out is that people think it's a single man struggle hmm. 70% of married people a recent you know, kind of study shows of both men and women not just men but 70% struggle with issues surrounding this it's also in, included in that it's not it's not a, an exclusively male problem hmm. um, 89% of women they say struggle with 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 masturbation in some way hmm. you said what does the bible say about it uh, if you look in your concordance, you're not going to find the word masturbation. Yeah. A lot of times people go to Genesis 38 where 
There's a guy named Onan who spills his seed on the ground. Yeah. And that's not referring what, what, what God was angry with him for, what God struck him dead for was the fact that he was not honoring the covenant promise and not doing what he had been obligated to do when it came to his mm. brother. So I, that's not the right place to bring scriptural insight into it. What we do know, what we do know is that we know that lust is sinful. I mean, Jesus said that if you look on um, a woman to lust after her, you know, for a woman, if you look on a man to lust in your heart, you're not married to them, and that that is considered like it is the you know act of adultery itself. So we know that we know that it would be, I mean, difficult to yeah. masturbate without <laughs> yeah. looking at or imagining a woman who is not your wife. Therefore, you know, kind of the conclusion classically in the church for the last two thousand years has been that masturbation should be discouraged. Yeah. Uh, sometimes people will say back to me, they'll say, Well what if I, you know, think of something else while I'm masturbating? You know, how, what if yeah. I'm you know, I, I'm not thinking about that. I, it's just that's just not really possible. It's not yeah. how God wired it. Uh, John Piper in uh you know a talk I heard him give on this, he says uh, you know, he says, I know there are nocturnal emissions he said, which I regard as innocent and helpful, but I doubt they are ever orgasmic apart from a sexual dream that supplied the necessary image in the mind. Evidently, God has, he says, constituted the connection between sexual orgasm and sexual thought in such a way that the force and pleasure of orgasm is dependent on the thought and the images in our minds. Hmm. So it's just not, I mean, for somebody that is is going into that, it's just it's just not possible to remove sexual thoughts from Yeah, from so it. as much as we would say like, oh, if I keep my mind pure, it's like, well, it's just probably not going to happen and right. it's probably not safe to even try to say no, like, how right. can I ride that line? You yeah, know? yeah, it's just not, I mean, it, that, that's not going to be something that's, that's helpful or profitable. Yeah. yeah something else that I I think we got to point out here is that it can actually be quite dangerous hmm. because of how addictive it can be. You know, I've seen like scientific and medical journal type articles that explain that the physical act of orgasm, it releases into your own body certain chemicals, hmm. uh, epinephrine and, and oxytocin and um, dopamine hmm. that are, are similar to the kind of things that get released when you know, it, uh, they develop other addictions, yeah. alcohol addictions, drug addictions, you get addicted to the high. You know, it's it, it just means that it's something that it can start to, if you think of it, almost rewire your brain so yeah. that you are responding to certain things. There was a book I read years ago called Hooked. Yeah. Uh, it, was by, it wasn't a Christian book, but it was a scientific study written by a couple of neurologists that showed how sexual stimulation actually rewires the brain hmm. so that, that the way that you do it one time, you know, it, it almost creates a rut in your mind to where you you, you do that a, another time. Yeah, and it can it can actually sabotage healthy sexual relationships yeah. because it takes sexual desire away from the way that God intended it, which is between two people, and turns it into sort of an auto you know eroticism type of thing. Yeah. So there's this there's a spiritual element, but then there's also this physiological element that kind of ties into that that can also be really it can seriously negative. and it can significantly harm a healthy sex mm -hmm. life and. That's something that, I mean, you know, Paul even says that when we sin sexually, we don't just sin against another person. We sin against our own body yeah. because you're removing something that God has not ever intended to, to be separated. Yeah. And that is sexual pleasure that is outside of that kind of connection between, you know, a man and a woman in the, in, in the yeah. bonds of marriage. So, I mean, just to kind of dive into that, if that's kind of the healthy environment, like, I mean, what if you're thinking about your spouse? Does that make it okay? Does that put it in those healthy boundaries or is it still something yeah, you Well, avoid? you know, because at that point you've removed the, the sinful lust because, yeah. you know, you're thinking about the person that you're married to. You know, you would still say even then you have separated the actual sexual act out mm -hmm. of the context 
And I think there still may be some danger there. Yeah. That said, I, I I don't know if I'm really prepared to say, oh, no, never. I mean, there might be situations like a long military deployment or something yeah. like that where you just wouldn't think of it in, in, in the same terms. I would still say that you'd be very cautious about it. But at the same time, you know, it seemed the sin line seems to be when you are lusting after someone that is not your spouse. Yeah. And so, yeah, it'd be, I, you know, I, I would say in that context, it's a little bit different, but I, I, I wouldn't draw the line quite as clearly there. You know, I mean, probably the good news, because I would just say that, you know, as a pastor and with a, whether there's a lot of high school students, college students, young yeah. professionals, they're not married yet. It really isn't the unforgivable sin. It's something that God sympathizes with us and our weaknesses. Yeah. God's not surprised by it. He's the one that created you with these kinds of, of desires. Yeah. And I think it's something you got to you know present to him. Romans 8, 12 gives us good news that we don't have to be held captive to the lust of our flesh, which means that God will give us the ability. God didn't say, oh my goodness, I didn't realize it was going to be that strong and yeah, that controlling yeah. and what, you know, what are you going to do? He, his spirit wants to give you that and his grace is there to, to hold you in forgiveness in those places where we, we struggle. There's a, yeah. a verse I remember from the Psalms, uh, one of my Sunday school teachers years ago gave to me, not in context of, of this, yeah. but he just said, you know, that, that God knows our frame, that we are just dust, that he, God is not really impressed with us, with our self-discipline or anything. And he, he knows that. And he, he gave us grace for that. And that's the good news of it. Um, you know, we don't need to beat ourselves up because of this sin. We don't need to beat somebody else up because of this sin. Um, but just because we shouldn't, you know, beat them up in it we also, we, you wouldn't want to indulge it either. Yeah. We should recognize that God created sex as a very powerful and beautiful thing. And it's going to work best when we're doing it the way that he has, has designed it. All right, so just in summary, maybe just to kind of borrow a, a John Piper line that I think really is helpful, we would say we vote no on masturbation, right? Yeah, we definitely punch the card for no. Okay, great. Well, I hope this has been a helpful answer for everybody listening, and we're really glad you joined us today. We would encourage you to visit jdgreer.com. There's a lot of free articles, sermons, downloadable resources that just deal with issues like this and a lot of other issues. So go check that out, and we're really glad you joined us today on Ask Me Anything. Ask Me Anything.